Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to focus on the topic of coexistence and Christ. Now, what does that mean? Coexistence among mankind all throughout this world. And we're also going to look at where those who are in Christ, coexistence, what does it play in their lives? How does that work? We know that in Acts chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, the Apostle Peter was addressing the rulers and the elders and the scribes that were assembled in Jerusalem, and they were telling him, you can't preach this Christ anymore. Now, they were the religious leaders of the time, and they were angry because of the, they thought that they had done away with Jesus when he was crucified on the cross, and now comes Peter. And filled with the Holy Spirit, he's preaching the good news, the kingdom of heaven, the gospel. And so they they brought him in before the rulers and the elders and the scribes. And they said, you cannot teach this teaching any, any longer. And so Peter said, you know, Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected, meaning the religious leaders, the Jews, that they rejected the very builder that they were looking for, and which he has now become the cornerstone. Salvation exists in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Now, there's a growing belief that mankind can find a, a happy medium to accept and recognize the differing beliefs of other people. It's called universalism. Now, if you're looking at it from a religious standpoint, in Catholicism, they look at universalism as, well, now that Jesus died for everyone's sins, all you got to do is become a Catholic, and all Catholics are going to heaven. Of course, you look at all the other religions, and they're all going to have their own way to address this situation of uni universalism. But with this idea, we all gain eternal life based on what we choose to practice. In other words, it is not how we believe that we will get to, to have eternal life or get to heaven or find our utopia in the end. But what is important is that we all choose our own path to get there. Now, the actual definition of coexist is to live in peace, to live in peace with each other especially as a matter of policy. Let's make it policy so that we can all agree to get along with one another. Back in the 1960s and the early 70s, there's a great change that took place uh, in the world, but uh, typically people will address this as something that happened in America, but it actually had an impact on the entire world. Uh, modern society was turned upside down due to, due to a number of monumental movements. This was a form of the second renaissance. If you remember the first renaissance, and there was a new time of enlightenment that came about. And during that time, actually, during the renaissance, science came in, and people started thinking from a different perspective than what was ruling most of the Western world, which was, of course, the church. And the people who were in the political positions in the church had the power. 
And they pretty much dictated using fear to drive people right up until that time of Renaissance that then brought in the time of enlightenment. So over a period of time, there was this new movement towards science and towards reasoning, towards the scientific method that we can no longer just accept things, but we have to prove them out. And that was the first Renaissance. Well, now let's fast forward to today. We have this whole new movement that took place. This was back in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, there was a time when war broke out in Vietnam and young men were being called up and they didn't want to. A lot of their, their family members had either served in World War II or had even died in World War II and they didn't necessarily want to. So they had a forced draft because there wasn't enough people signing up. And the civil rights movement was, was bursting at the seams. We know that Martin Luther King was assassinated. We know Malcolm X made his rise. And we know many other movements within civil rights were trying to bring a peace and a harmony to something that should have been fixed when the actual Constitution was written, but it was not it wasn't addressed. It was just not going to happen in the small amount of time that it took for them to be able to have to put together the Constitution. So they kicked that can down the road and it ended up where we had a civil war and we ended up battling among ourselves, killing people in the United States. And that can got kicked down the road because we still had civil rights issues all the way right up through today. We have issues. And so after the, um, the civil rights movement, at, simultaneously, actually, the women's right and feminist movements were in full bloom. And women were fighting for what rightly was theirs and equality. And yet a lot of them were probably taking it too far because we didn't like what you did to us. And so we we're going to go ahead and get ours back. Um, and so there was a lot of that going on. but. The birth of the environmental movement also took place during this time, where it was, let's take care of the world. And then a lot of uh, organizations and, and earth organizations started rising, not just in the United States, but now we're talking about these movements were swelling all throughout the world. So it, it was also a time when the Jesus movement kicked in, and that caused an atmosphere of spreading free love. So yes, yeah, some people actually were serving Jesus, but most people were trying to find a free way to feel good about themselves in God's eyes, but yet enjoy free sex, free drugs, freedom that was once very much under the thumb of the old way of thinking um, that came out of the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. And 50s started getting reckless with the age of rock and roll and with the um, upspring of music. And that never stopped. It still continues to, to, to this day. And the charismatic movement kicked in about that same time. And it was on fire in the institutionalized church. And it turned that upside down because there was a lot of finger pointing, a lot of dissension, a lot of uh, argument, and even hatred um, from one to another. We had these charismatics that were free floaters enjoying, as they said, the spirit, and they had something that the um, 
very fundamental conservatives. Um, most people would say the Baptists, but it wasn't just them. It was a whole bunch of conservative-minded who said, no, 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 we don't want anything to do with that spirit. It's probably of the devil. And so we had so much chaos. There was a need for coexistence in this world. With all the turbulence in society, there was a need for peace and harmony among mankind. And they needed to, uh, to neutralize the discord that was caused by all these life-changing events. Well, what came out of this was a great humanistic movement seeking to unify mankind through philosophy. And the philosophy actually was of agreeing to disagree. I'm okay, you're okay. You know what? I understand what you believe. I don't believe it necessarily, but it's okay because I think we're all going to end up in the same place in the end. It was to find that peace and harmony that would produce a mindset so that we could coexist with one another. This was a culture that cried out, you know, we, we are the people, we are the world. We are the ones who have got to make this better. In 1985, in fact, there was this huge gathering of people from all around the world, and they were producing a song to raise money. Africa to curb starvation, to provide much needed resources, medical supplies. And so they brought them all together and they wrote a song titled, We Are the World. Now, in that song, some of the lyrics were, We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. It's true. We'll make a better day, just you and me. And this sounds fantastic. And of course, it is fantastic. It's fantastic for people in the world who are trying to coexist and seeking to take care of themselves by working together to do so. Um, recently, I shared this and, and a brother shared kind of like they did in the Tower of Babel, that we can all work together and we can build our own way up into heaven so that we can worship God. And so it's not so much different today than it was then. Well, this caused a great feeling of human power. And it, it was then dispersed to all the issues in the world due to a, un, a, a unity that was newfound. I mean, we are now united. We can make a difference. Think about some of the policymakers today. What's driving politics today? What's driving people into madness today is that we can unify and make the humans here in this world powerful, empower them so we can make this world a better place. Feelings of harmony and euphoria, they touched the lives of so many people that wanted to do their part to unify all of the world. Well, since the year 2000, many began displaying this bumper sticker that had the word coexist on it. Now, this small but very monumental bumper billboard, it creatively substitutes symbols of different world religions and ideologies particular letters of the word coexist. So 
Every letter of the coexist bumper sticker represents a system of thought. So we'll go right through it. C. C is for the crescent star of Islam. O is for the symbol for Wicca. Or some who weren't happy with that put the peace sign in its place. A little round circle with a broken upside down cross in it. E is for the sciences. E equals MC square. S is for the star of David. I is for the karma wheel dotting the I for Buddhism. P is for the Tao symbol, that Tao symbol for Taoism. And the last letter uh, is for the cross of Christianity. The cross of Christianity, which is included within the whole big picture of coexist. Now, the philosophy behind the coexist bumper sticker, it was to purposefully cry out that every person in the world, regardless of their convictions and beliefs, is worthy of our love and respect. Now, hearing another person and hearing them out gives them dignity and it builds a bond of trust. In this sense, we who are in Christ are absolutely called to tolerate and coexist with others. Hatred, division, and violence is never a part of the answer, let alone a way of living for Christ. However, while we're called on to tolerate every person as evidence through brotherly love, we're not required to accept any and every idea or practice that others are doing. Now, just as a note of interest, in 2006, there became a coexist foundation. They called it Stylized Coexist. And it was founded in 2006. We based off of a survey that they did in Gallup, where in 2002, they uh, surveyed Muslim and they found out that the Muslims uh, said that there's a huge cavern between how we and other religions, spe specifically um, that of uh, Judaism and Christianity. And they said, we need to find a way to bridge this gap. And so thus was born the, the Coexist Foundation. The primary aim of this foundation, and by the way, this foundation is based in Washington, D.C., and in London, UK. Well, the primary foundation's purpose is to advance social cohesion through education and innovation. And it's also to promote a greater understanding among Jews, Christians, and Muslims through education, dialogue, and research. Now, with all this in mind, the question for us who are in Christ, that we should answer, is what purpose does this, this worldwide coexistence concept have in the kingdom of heaven? What purpose does it have in our lives as we serve Christ? Especially since we know that our Lord Jesus said in John chapter 14, 6, I am the way and the truth, and the life. 
no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that contradicts the whole concept of coexist because there is only one way, not all these different ways. That breaks down that bridge, shatters the bridge to unity because Jesus came out and said, hey, it's only through me. That really narrows the gate to heaven significantly. However, it is very anti-democratic isolate the thoughts of so many that would not agree with what Jesus proclaimed. But yet, this is the price that's paid if you're going to follow Christ. Furthermore, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, Jesus said that we must enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Sounds like coexist. But small is the gate and narrow the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. Sounds like Jesus. Moreover, in John chapter 15, 19, it tells us that if you were of the world, it would love you as its own. But instead, this is Jesus speaking, the world hates you because you are not of the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That's powerful because that means that those who believe in coexist, even though they've added in Christianity, because the majority of Christians are Christians in name. They're not actually following Jesus Christ. They're following doctrines and denominations and churches, but they're not following Jesus. And so it's easy for them to find peace and harmony in a coexistence of mankind because they still live their lives in this world. But we who are in Christ have been called out of this world, chosen out of this world by Jesus. So if you have in your mindset that coexistence is a great thing and that we should all practice it, then you should question where your place is in the kingdom of heaven. The Apostle John, he wrote in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God remains forever, has eternal life. And the will of God is that we seek him first and that we seek salvation through Christ alone, Jesus. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Reshape the way you think. Then you will be able to test and approve what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So if we want to know the will of God, then we have to first allow ourselves to be transformed. We cannot be like the world. We cannot be conformed to this world. 
James, he wrote in James chapter 1, verse 27, you know, pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. And then he says, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And then James goes on in chapter 4, verse 4, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever chooses to be a friend of the world renders himself an enemy of God. Well, the bottom line is that coexistence is all about becoming one mind and one purpose with all the others throughout the world. However, the truth is that the Earth's population is really made up of two distinct population groups. Those who, whose master is this world, that's the many. And those whose master is the Lord, that's the few. Thus, it makes really perfect sense that those who are of this world would seek to find coexistence, uh, as they're all on the same path, as Jesus stated in Matthew 7, 13, the path of destruction. Now, someone asked Jesus, they said, Lord, will only a few people be saved? And Jesus answered, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will try to enter, will try to enter some other way and will not be able. After the master of the house shuts the door, you will stand outside knocking, saying, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I do not know where you are from. Then you'll say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. We are all coexisting with one another. And he'll answer, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you yourselves are thrown out. Now, people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south to know Jesus, to go through the narrow gate, and they will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And indeed, some of them who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. They're all equal. That's in Luke chapter 13, verses 23 to 30. Thus, in the end, it really does come down to what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either will, he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And money is actually this world, the ways of this world. As we know that the currency of this world is found in the possessions, the riches, and the fame found by its citizens, the population of this world. Likewise, the currency of those who are citizens of heaven is found in the riches of the kingdom of heaven. 
such as faith, hope, love, and eternal life. So, in closing, we must seek to show unconditional love, passion about our lives for Christ, be compassionate to everyone in this world, no matter what their beliefs are, no matter how they live their lives, whether they want to coexist or whether they don't want to coexist. We're called to love everyone. However, we must not embrace anything that is not aligned with the kingdom of heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do coexist with those of the world. We are just not of this world as they are. And if we can hold fast to this mindset and live it out to the end while we're in this world, then we will be walking as Jesus walked.